Ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. The announcement's true. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast. I'm Ben. I'm Ashley. We might have the most specialist guest I think he is. of all time coming on the podcast today. Yeah. Yeah. It- not, not only do we have a good, um, who the heck are you? But Ashley, give our listeners a little tease or a little taste of who we have coming up on our first segment. I thought this man didn't like me for a while, and then I realized he doesn't. <laughs> or... <laughs> I don't know. And then you, re- then I realized he's just really snarky, uh-huh. and he has like he's just he's so much different off screen than he is on screen because he mm. has to be so put together on screen. You know, like mm. he just he has his classic lines. Yeah, he needs to be the leader in love. Like mm-hmm. The mentor, the leader of love. We gotta ask him if he likes you, though. I'm, I'm really no. I know to hear he that. does now. No, I yeah. know he does. Well, he this Instagrammed man- a picture with me. <laughs> this man is um, the definition of professionalism of friendship. We talk about him all the time. Our our producer Amy has a special place in her heart for him. Um, my friend, uh, a man I look up to very much, Chris Harrison, the host of The Bachelor, is coming on the podcast today. Well, I, I was wondering I believe who the hell he's on right now. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, welcome to the Almost Famous Podcast. Guys, how are you doing? We're great. Um, this is our turn to be the host of you. This so is this insane. Is fun. I feel very this uncomfortable. Is weird. Let me tell you something. Getting me on a podcast, it's like you might as well see a unicorn flying <laughs> over a rainbow. Are we your first is, podcast? This is how much I love you guys. Oh, my gosh. See, I told you he does like me now. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, you know the jury was out on on Ashley for a while because I just see, didn't know he's her being that honest. Well. Yeah, he didn't. Um, and I just yeah, remember well, during Chris Soul season, you wrote like, "What is it? Your Yahoo reviews of each episode?" Well, here's the thing: uh, you were always good TV, yeah. which is good for me and my kids. Yeah, I know. You tell um, me this. Right. So, bottom line is, you're putting my kids through college. That's really what I. That's really what I care about. Um, I didn't get to know you that well. Obviously, Ben. Uh, even in Ben's first season, when he was, you know, just on the the Bachelorette, I didn't really get to know him that well. But then he became the Bachelor. We became friends. I got to know the other side of him. You, it, it took a little longer. We just didn't get to spend much time together. No. And, and, that's something obviously I do on purpose. I don't spend a lot of time <laughs> with the women. Just you know, it's smart. It's just politically I, I don't do that. Um, but then now that I've gotten to know you after the show, you're a lovely person. Oh, and thank I, you. I was I, also I, starstruck I, by you. Um, you're you're a lovely person. We've gotten to know each other very well, and I like the crying. I like that you are who you are. Oh, thanks, Chris. And I'm so glad I could help you and your kids out. Yeah. Hey, hey, that, that, let me tell you something. Private school and college does not pay for itself. That's right. That's right. Hey, Chris. You, uh, you need some Ashley eyes in the world to take care of that. I was just going to say that you need a couple people like Ashley to make this thing popular. But you've been around since the beginning. Um, the Bachelor is the, the beginning of time. The Bachelor is as popular as it's ever been. Uh, you've seen the growth. You've been through the ups and downs of everything. Uh, in your opinion, where does The Bachelor stand today, just in, in, in terms of popularity and its health and its, its vibrancy? Oddly, so here's the thing. You know, back in the day when there was, you know, black and white TV and there was like four channels to choose from, the numbers were obviously bigger, the ratings. Um, you know, the second season, Aaron Berge's season, I think we wrapped up with, say, 33 million viewers. It was insane, the number one show on TV, and was, was really changing 
television. This is um, this is before Idol and before a lot of the other shows. Survivor was on one season, and then The Bachelor came on, and so it was a huge phenomenon, and it was changing my life and changing television. A lot of things were happening, but I would argue it's more socially relevant now than it's ever been. Um, you know, whether you go on the campus of, of UCLA, where I'm actually speaking tonight, you go into every sorority house around the country, and it is a huge socially relevant show. And that's a large part of that is because social relevance has changed in 16 years. There was no such thing as a, a podcast or a blog or obviously Twitter, Instagram, any of that stuff. When we started, we didn't have to worry about it. And now it's evolved into a show that is you know, perfect for what social media is these days. Exactly right. It's, it's Chris, I've always wondered this, and I've never got to ask you one-on-one about this. Someone asked you on a podcast, so you're held accountable. <laughs> um, <laughs> your life, I mean, when you became the ba- the host of The Bachelor, uh, you obviously believed in the show because you wouldn't have accepted the job. And I don't think anybody could have predicted 22 seasons of, of success. So your life has, as Ashley kind of de- said at the beginning of the podcast, you are now seen as the master of love. Do you accept that role? Is that a role that you are a little bit sad to have obtained because you have to talk about The Bachelor and love all the time? Or is this show just such a part of your life now that you feel very connected to it? It's uh, probably definitely the latter at the end of the day. Uh, but it's a good question. It's a very good question because I didn't fight it, but I was a little reluctant to embrace it. Uh, early on because, you know, I, I knew my life had changed and I knew this show had changed my life and it was a part of it. So for that reason, I, I will never, you know, bite the hand that feeds me. And this is my baby and it has been. And um, I feel like it's as much mine as it is anybody's, including Mike Fleiss, the creator of the show, because I've mm-hmm. put my heart and soul in it. My kids have grown up on this show. Um, you know, my son was six weeks old when I started this. No just born and he's now a sophomore in high school so if you wonder how old the show is it's driving now and in high school Um, (laughs) when people ask me about things that I really remember about the show it's very interesting particular things that actually revolve around my personal life it's not about you know the Tristan Ryan wedding and you know there's there's highlights on TV but then there's highlights in my life where I remember the first time I met Mike Fleiss and I had just you know had been up all night and Joshua had been throwing up on me and I went in for my first meeting and I remember having to shoot Meredith's uh, finale a little early because uh, my then wife was in labor and so we we taped up the windows and so we had to shoot early just in case I had a baby that night so there's moments like that that where this show is revolved around kind of the most influential important parts of my life and um, you know that'll that'll you can't take that history away and now that I've seen also what the show has done and the impact it's had in the world, and, you know, again, I don't want to get too deep and too philosophical about it, but when you see the impact it's had, you know, I definitely embrace it. I love what the show has done. I love what it brings. I love when I go to a, you know, my kid's school and someone will come up and say, you know what, I never talk to my mom except on Tuesday mornings. We always Aww. talk about The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. And so if nothing else about our silly show that you guys have been a huge part of, we do. We bring people together, and you guys see that as much as I do, when people will come up and just talk to you about it. And 
you would think, um, you know, it gets annoying because all I do is talk about Ashley and Ben and Tristan Ryan and those mm-hmm. people in my life. But the good news is they are real people. You know, I really get to do talk about Ben and what a great guy he is. Or Ashley, and does she really cry that much? And, <laughs> you know, and it's people typically I love. And even if I don't love, I don't mind talking about it because at least it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I have good friends, as you guys probably do, that are actors. And I can't imagine what they go through when they walk through the market. And mm-hmm. Someone gets mad at them for something they did on an episode, and I'm like, you realize that's not them, right? Mm. Like, that was that was written. They really didn't kill that person. <laughs> that was on TV. And so at least I get to talk about something real. That's true. And and your your weddings, those are real. You've officiated so many weddings. What's the number now? Oh, uh, God, what am I up to? Six, seven, eight? Because uh, I've done, you know, I've done some other private ones now for family and friends. And um, it actually started, oddly enough, in a very weird way. Um, I was in Prague on Emily Maynard season. I was in the middle of my divorce in one of the worst possible moments of my life, and it was still very private. And I called the producers together because I wanted them to know I was releasing this statement. It was about to go public. It had been real for a while, but I just I kept it very secret because I didn't want my kids' lives affected. And so I waited, and then I called the producers together and I said, hey, guys, I just want you to know this is coming out next week. And they said, oh, so here's the thing. Um, we were kind of want, hoping you would marry us. Oh. <laughs> we have a wedding coming up, and this was two of our executive producers that were asking me to marry. I said, I, I know just told you are. the worst news of my life, and you want me to marry you. And so wow. I said, yes, of course. Wow. Um, but that's how it started. That's when I got ordained was for uh, two producers, Cassie and Pete. Yeah, who were, uh, I think you guys. Did you all even know them? Oh, my gosh. Pete is like <laughs> my like third father. Your godfather? <laughs> yeah, my godfather. Oh, Pete was there um, yeah, for a so lot it, of guidance. It, it, it's a thing that the first TV wedding I did was Ashley and JP, and it was something that I immediately said no for. I said, you know, when the producer said, look, they want you to do the officiating, I said, absolutely not. Um, and my reason was I didn't want it to be a joke. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. we could figure out a way where it wasn't going to seem like a cocktail joke that I was marrying these two, then I would do it. But I, I, I definitely believe in what we do. And, I, you know, whether you love the show or not, that part of it is real. These people really do fall in love. And that's, I think, what makes the show so relatable. And so when they asked me to marry him, I was like, I don't know. I just, it seems so cheesy. And, but we pulled it off. And then since then, I've done several others. Being married by Chris Harrison. That yeah. was a dream of mine. No. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was going to happen. <laughs> people, <laughs> people are obsessed with you being the next Bachelor, speaking of your own personal love life. And you yeah, always say no, because, <laughs> and even if it was the final season, you say no because you know too much, right? Yeah, and it's just, you know, what's funny is I'm not you guys. I, you know, you guys know me very well, so you know that I'm a very private person. Despite what I do for a living, um, I love what I do on TV, and I'm confident in that, and that's my skill set, and it's what I've done for 30 years now. Um, but I'm not a bachelor or a bachelorette. It's just not that's I would be terrible. Um, I I really do envy how you guys live and how you can live out loud and, and mm. put everything out there. I I can't. I don't have that in me. Um, and so I would be I would be probably the worst bachelor ever. <laughs> envy. And I, I, and it just it would be so weird for me because, you know, as well as you guys know the producers and the crew, mm-hmm. I've you know, raise these kids and, and, you know, they've come and gone and I know them very well. So it would be, it would be very hard for me to depart from, you know, producing, hosting to, Hey, I'm just going to throw it all up in the air and, and fall in love. And as Ben will tell you, one of the 
most important bits of advice I give any bachelor or bachelorette is you really have to give yourself up to this. Mm -hmm. You have to trust. You have to just give it up, and you kind of have to leave your life behind and all your decision-making and really give it up to this process for it to work, and and that's a hard thing to do. It's it's incredibly difficult, and I want to say, and I've said it before on the podcast, but I want to say it in front of you too, this Chris has been a, a a breath of fresh air during this whole process. When you do give yourself up, and you know that your life is going to be displayed on national television, and you're looking for advice and comfort, not only is he a host, but as Amy said a couple weeks ago in the podcast, outside of the show, he's a support. Uh, and I think that's what makes Chris such a good person uh, to host The Bachelor because his life lives out what he's showing on television. Um, speaking of television, I want to give a quick shout out here uh, to kind of close up our Bachelor uh, segment because The Bachelor is not the only thing Chris is known for right now. Um, however, The Bachelor special, The Road to RA, airs December 11th. It's the 22nd season of The Bachelor. It premieres January 1st. So if you're hungover on New Year's Day, what better way to recover than watching a little Ari? Real quick, Chris, how has Ari changed from the now? I, I, keep this short because I do want to get into something uh, something else that you're a part of right now. But just give a little bit of hint of, of who Ari was, what, five years ago to who Ari is today. Yeah, you know, five years ago, it was a very different time even on the show. And, and I know that sounds crazy, but five years ago, Emily's season – uh, a lot of people that love our show and watch it don't even didn't even see that show. That's mm-hmm. how old it was. Um, and I've stayed in touch with Ari just like I've stayed in touch with you. And he's been a friend of mine for years. And uh, I, I've actually never said this before, but I even set Ari up on a date. Um, this is off the show. There was this great girl in the area in Scottsdale where he lives, and she was looking for someone, and I knew she knew he was. So I have actually already set him up before, and it worked for a little bit. They dated for a while. Um, and, he, you know, he's a guy that just has always been a little bit unlucky in love. He's never found that somebody. And so when the idea was brought up of, of bringing Ari back, he was such a fan favorite. And I'm so confident in him that even those that – are saying publicly, why Ari? Why did you guys go back that far? Why choose Ari? I know him, and I know how popular he was, and people that didn't get a chance to see him will quickly fall in love with this guy. Um, you know, obviously the looks and, and all the romance and all that, but he's a really good guy and he's easy to watch. And the women are dynamic. It's a very good season. Um, but he hasn't changed a lot. It's just he still hasn't found that somebody. And so I, I don't know. It was, it was kind of a – I like mixing it up every now and then. We do the same thing a lot, and I like mm-hmm. to throw the curveball a little bit. And this is – I know it has caught some people off guard, but trust me, you will love Ari, and you're going to love this season. Well, we all hope that he finds somebody. And, and there's a couple of other avenues that The Bachelor is opening up to find people. Uh, and Ashley uh, has been extremely interested in what exactly this is about. We want to know all about Winter Games because we don't understand what it is. <laughs> that, you know what? I was hoping you guys were going to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> um, we hear that the first Bachelor in Paradise season, you guys kind of winged it while down in Mexico. Are you just going to wing this Bachelor Winter Games? Well, the, the, the fun thing is after, after doing something for 16 years, um, you know I, know, I know we'll talk about Millionaire in a little bit. It's fun for me to jump into something new. And when you have a show that it, it has the parameters of, of, look, it's a Bachelor franchise show, so you're, you're going to have some of that. And it has a little bit of the summer show, Bachelor in Paradise. But other than that, it's a little bit of a blank slate. Mm-hmm. And it's very rare in television where you get to do that at this level, to create a new show 
and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And and really, there are no rules. And so we're kind of we're not making it up as we go, but we're definitely going to make it up as we go. <laughs> <laughs> I've always um, said in you... that you know when we the first year of Bachelor in Paradise is a little bit of the same as we have a very good idea. But until you really get boots on the ground and you start producing a show, you're never really sure where the gold is going to come from. You're not sure exactly what you're going to love. And so once you get into it, you might think, wow, it's the competition that we really like. And that's kind of where Bachelor pad when it first started. That's where the, we, we kind of thought the show was going to be more competition. But what we realized, it was more about The Bachelor. It was more about the relationships and the love. So the show shifted, and then it became Bachelor in Paradise. And my, my guess is that's where this will lead, and that it's, it's a little bit about the competition and, you know, the winter games. But my guess is it's about relationships and love and companionship and, and, and the international aspect of it and where that goes. There's absolutely no doubt. Everybody always asks me, you know, you get the question all the time too, Chris, but hey, how fake is The Bachelor? And I say it's not fake at all. There's no fakeness to it. You get 25 to 30 people in one place competing for anything and storylines are going to exist. They're going to come up. And so we're all excited um, to witness what exactly Winter Games will be. And and I want you guys to highlight friendships because people are fascinated by our friendships. (laughs) Uh, Ashley wants friendships. I think what people often mistake is what we create and what we produce is the environment. And then we're going to do that with the Winter Games. We know where we're going to be. We know what it's going to look like. But what happens within that environment is the dynamic, and that's the reality of it. And and same thing. We know who's going on the two-on-one date. Sorry, Ashley. Um, but <laughs> There's a two-on-one on one date two in Winter on- Games? <laughs> but what happened, I promise there will be no two. Well, I can't promise that. There might be two-on-one dates in Winter Games. But what happens on those dates, that's the reality of it. And, and that's kind of the beauty of the show. And, yeah, do we create some of those situations to force something? Yeah, that's, that's again, that's part of the beauty of when we need Ben to make a decision between two people. You put him in an extraordinary situation where he has to make a choice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you and I talked about that a lot. Of Sometimes it's time to push yourself a little bit and get out of that comfort zone. So um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun for me as a host, producer, and all that to kind of dive in and figure out what we have. We have I know there's a lot of secrets that I have of like who's going to be on the show, some very, very special guests and names that will be a part of it, and things that we're doing I, I do know about that are going to be pretty awesome that everyone's going to be excited about. That's awesome. Yeah, so going from a uh, new show that we know nothing about to a show that's been around uh, for so long. I, I can remember the days uh, that this show started and really uh, became a landmark television show in, in America. It's Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Chris, you are the host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I was on the show. Uh, I will be. My episode will be airing actually this week. Chris, can you tell us a little bit about the, the process of switching over from The Bachelor to do Millionaire and, and what exactly Millionaire means to you because you kill it as the host. I appreciate it. And yeah, your, your episode airs Thursday. Yes. Uh, so if you want to see Ben play millionaire, uh, in spoiler alert, he did a lot better than I thought he was. Going to. <laughs> I don't know uh, how to take that. <laughs> it, it really well. I wasn't sure. Yeah. You never know. You never know. I mean, I, I, th- I thought you were a smart guy. I thought you were a good guy, but you never know until mm-hmm. you actually get put to the test. <laughs> um, but three, yeah, three years ago, I had actually just gotten off the road shooting the bachelorette 
and got a call from ABC, and it's rare you get these calls where they call you, but they said, you know, we want you to host Millionaire. The show is a little bit down and out, but we are going to give this a, another shot and really try to revive this thing and take it back to its roots. And so three years ago, I took it over, and thankfully the last three years we've done nothing but bring it back, and the ratings have been up, and we've evolved and, and kind of getting it back to its old glory days. And I've it, it's, it was a project that I could dive into again. It was new. It's a lot more host intensive mm-hmm. and asks a lot more of me, which I love because you have to you know, keep up with the game and you keep up with the contestants and you, there's a lot going on. And so I, I love it. I love hosting it. And at the end of the day, you, you, know, you were on set. I play trivia and I give away money. And it's not my money, which is even better. I give away <laughs> millions and millions of dollars. And it's not lost on me that you change people's lives. Mm-hmm. And that's it really, you know, I'll be in the middle of the show and you might be at 5,000 or 10,000, whatever it is. And then you look over and you see some contestant just welling up with tears and you realize, mm-hmm. holy crap, like we just change their life. Mm-hmm. You, you just got them out of whatever trouble they were in. And that's, it's a beautiful thing. And it's, and I love, it's kind of an American way of, of doing it. You have to earn it. You don't just, mm-hmm. you don't get to come on and just get lucky and win a million dollars. You have to work for it and you have to be smart. And there's something very American about that. I love. I was so nervous. I, I don't, I mean, nervous and, and, myself don't relate much anymore I, I don't get that nervous but for i don't get nervous for anything anymore because of because of doing the bachelor process but the millionaire process when i was walking on if i would have missed the first question i knew i'd be so embarrassed um i was so nervous the whole entire time I, i'll never forget that i i don't know if you could tell chris but i wasn't like calm at all for that <laughs> and you're right because it because it is real and it, and it can affect lives oh uh, yeah uh, you didn't have a poker face. Yeah, I, I, you could tell. You could tell. Uh, uh, there was the, the shortness of breath and the shortness yes. of speech. Stop. I really was. You could have always asked the audience. No. But that's one of the things I love. I love that it, that's part of my, my job. And, and you'd think The Bachelor and Millionaire are very different as far as hosting, and they're really, they're really not. It's oh, all yeah. about me listening, me reading people, not – Worrying about being the star of the show, but allowing the game, the contestant, the bachelor, the bachelorette, whoever it is to kind of lead me into where we're going. And sometimes in Millionaire, it's all about, um, you know, trying to get to a certain amount to pay off a house or something like that. But then you might have a game player that just wants to beat the 14 questions. And so I read, you know, the contestant and, and they lead me where the game goes. And everybody's different. And I, and I love that. It's it's a blast for me to host, and it's been fun to kind of bring the show back because it's, it's a classic. I mean, I watched it with everybody else. It changed television. And so to be walking into that arena that Regis hosted, you know, for so many years, to get to do that every day is pretty cool. I, Chris, I want to give Ashley has one final question for you, and and I know you got to get going. You're a busy guy. I, this I about do, my love life. This is not it, about your love life at all. Uh, I, oh, I would man. not do that to you. That is that is something I care about deeply, but not on this podcast. I, I want to I want to <laughs> really, tell her. You haven't seemed to help me at all. <laughs> well, you haven't helped me either. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you haven't helped me either. <laughs> But, uh, hey, here's the deal, and I wanted to have all of our listeners uh, hear this. I've done a a bunch of television shows over the last couple years. I've been on a bunch of game shows, and I've been on a bunch of talk shows, and I've I've met a lot of people. Something that always stands out to me, and it stood out to me on Millionaire, and it stands out to me on The Bachelor, and I didn't know if it was just The Bachelor, this was the case because it's been around for so long. But from the audio to the, the production's assistants to the producers, 
to the camera guys, to the fans, Chris Harrison relates, talks, listens, and cares about each one of these people. When he goes on the millionaire set, it was really cool for me to see because I, I do care about Chris. He is a friend of mine, and I, and I like that people like him. I enjoy when I see people appreciating him. But on that set, it, it reinforced the idea that people on set appreciated him, and he appreciated them as well. And and that is unique. It is different. It is unique in a world where I feel like people that have a lot of status that are popular push other people aside. And Chris, you've never done that. You haven't done it to one single person that's done this show. You never did it to me, and you don't do it to the people that, that work on the show. So I want to say thank you to that because that's a big deal. Yeah. Chris, well, I, you have I the best it. reputation in Hollywood, really. Well, it's something I take very very serious, and I appreciate it. I, for you guys to notice that is, is wonderful. And it has a lot to do with, obviously, you know, your upbringing, my mom and dad and where I grew up in Texas. And But I also think a lot of, a lot of that comes from where I grew up in this business and the people that raised me in this business. And I started back in Oklahoma City as a sportscaster, and I was easily the lowest man on the totem pole. And I had an amazing mentor, and this, this man named Bill Teakins, who found me in college and pulled me out and gave me my first few jobs. But, you know, he always always made a point and, and I took it you know very serious growing up is know know everybody's job and in back in the day I used to have to do everybody's job you know I produced I wrote I edited and and hosted and did my own makeup and everything back in the day when I was a sportscaster and so knowing what the director does and what the lighting guy does and what you know every everybody what knowing their jobs and appreciating what they do and realizing how important it is and and you know I have this talk with all of our bachelors, and Ben, you can attest to this, I said, look, there, you know, by the time you show up on your date, you know, there's been three to 400 people who have busted their butt mm-hmm. to make everything look as good as it does. And, and I know that you're hot, and I know that it's late or whatever, but look around you and look who else is here and how long they've been here, and they'll be here long after you're gone. And so having a, an appreciation for what everyone's doing and knowing their jobs, um, you know, I always say that the last thing a production is ever going to do is wait on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody jokes about, you know, how I'm, I'm one take wonder and I always walk on and do my thing. It's like, because I, for me to waste somebody's time to show up late and to not do my job is, I just think this, the, the biggest sign of disrespect. Mm-hmm. And so every day, you know, if, if it's within my ability, I'm going to be on time. I'm going to be ready to go. I'm going to be damn good at what I do. Uh, and I, because I feel like I owe that to you. And I owed it to you as the bachelor. I owed it to you, Ashley, on the show. And I want to make your experience good. And so, you know, I think you, you have to have that level of respect. Well, you certainly do that. Um, we like to end our interviews with one last funny, fun question. If you were the bachelor, just humor us for a second, who would you want to take your job as host? Would it be me? I, you know, I've, I've, I've actually thought oh, about thought that. Oh, you've thought of it. I'll let you, I'll let you answer then. And, and this isn't just a, a, a chicken shit way of getting out of the answer. I think what I would like to do is have a lot of you guys there. Mm. Oh, that's I, cool. I feel, oh, I feel like I take, you know, just like friendships and, and relationships, I kind of take things, different things from each of you. Um, and, and so I, I kind of would like certain times, it's kind of like a bullpen. I would like to call certain people in certain situations. There's times where I would need a woman and I'm like, look, I'm going to call somebody <laughs> to be my host. And then there's a time I just want to have a, a, a little bromance and I need to talk to one of my boys. So I think I would, I, I would need a group. 
I think it would take a village to get me to find love. <laughs> I, I, I don't see a village being needed. But, Chris, man, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. I know it is difficult to get you on a podcast, but uh, it just it means a lot to Ashley and I that you came on the Almost Famous podcast. Before you go, I want to give a shout-out to say that Millionaire airs weekdays at 1 p.m. in L.A. Check your, check your local listings for airtimes. And also the Bachelor special, The Road to Ari, airs December 11th on ABC. Chris, thank you so much. We appreciate you, man. Ben? Ashley, I love you too. Uh, and by the way, while we're throwing out congratulations, uh, congratulations on the success of your podcast. Aww, I love the fact that you guys are doing you. this. And I know Amy Sugarman, who's one of the loves of my life, is a big <laughs> part of this. Um, but in all seriousness, it's been a huge success. And so it says a lot about you guys and about Amy. So congratulations. And anything you guys need, not just on a podcast, but in life, you know I'm just a phone call away. Aww, yeah. Thanks, Chris. I took advantage of that this week, didn't I? Give me a little phone call. (laughs) And if if, if you need to tee it up, you know I'm a phone call away as well. (laughs) That's right. Hey, thanks, Chris. We'll see you soon. (laughs) Bye. So before we came into the recording studio, I was telling Ben about how my sister's boyfriend stole my Omaha steaks out of the fridge and how angering that was because I love my Omaha steaks. And I just want to let you know they are the perfect gift for the holidays. You can avoid the mall. You could avoid lines and crowds and just get all your friends Omaha steaks. Head over to omahasteaks.com for this amazing family gift pack for only $49.99 when you enter our code ALMOSTFAMOUS in the search bar. That's 70% off, and I want to tell you what you're going to get in this package. It's delicious, guys. I can just really, I can really promote Omaha Steaks all day long because I love it. You're going to get two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, and I made the best burger of my entire life with this meat, four potatoes au gratin, four caramel apple tartlets, one Omaha Steaks season packet, plus four additional kielbasa sausages for free. So head over to omahasteaks.com, enter our code ALMOSTFAMOUS. Um, Omaha Steaks is goes far and beyond actual steaks. You can also get seafood, poultry, Pork, veal, lamb, veggies, desserts. I can make a song. Appetizers, pasta, soup, seasonings, and sauces. It's got everything. You can make any kind of meal with it, and this is going to feed you and your family for a while. She's so so excited. Yeah, I love it. I love it for real. So for omahasteaks.com, our code ALMOSTFAMOUS, 75% off. It's a gift that is guaranteed to be a hit don't lie. You love your Omaha steaks, too. I do. I just love it. You should have seen Ashley giving, uh, talking about Omaha steaks. Her arms were widespread. They were kind of waving around because she was so excited. I don't think you realized that you couldn't control your body I movements. mean, when I do, like, read our ads, actually, like, use a lot of energy. That's beautiful. Ashley has a lot of energy. She has a lot of energy today, even though she's been working all morning. Um Ashley, we have a, a very special guest mm-hmm. on one of our favorite segments that we, we do often. Um, Kelly Travis. Kelly Travis? Kelly Travis, are you there? Kelly Travis was on Juan Pablo's season. We talked about her a little bit in the last episode because mm-hmm. she was known as Dog Lover. She was on Juan Pablo's season, and she's pregnant. Yeah. So, Kelly, don't take this the wrong way, but who the heck are you? <laughs> I know, right? I wonder sometimes myself. <laughs> I'm like, this pregnancy news, how is this news? <laughs> because you're a bachelor girl who's pregnant, and we are always talking about bachelor babies. You met your husband soon after Juan Pablo's season, correct? I met my husband before Juan Pablo's uh-huh. season. 
And how did you meet? Uh, Juan Pablo uh, sent me running back, I guess. Okay, okay. Tell us your story. I want to hear your love story. How did you meet and how did you get back to him? Okay, so we dated for four years. We met through a mutual friend. Four he's years? I, yeah, crazy. Um, he's going to hate that I say this. He was on a date and then asked the friend to set him up. I'm like, I would never go out with a guy that was on a date asking about me. And then now, look, we're married. He so, was on a date asking about you? Yeah, it's really bad. Asking really about bad you day. to who? To this random friend of ours. It was like a group date? To, yeah. No, he was on a date. I was with the girlfriend, and he saw her, started texting her, was like, who are you with? I'm like, this guy is on a date asking about me. I'm like, I would never go out with him. No way. Yeah. We dated for four years, uh, broke up for a year, went on the show. And then as soon as I got off the show, we got back together. And you thought, wow, Juan Pablo is so horrible. I'm going to go back to my ex. It took me running back. Like nothing could be worse than that. No. Um, Yeah. While I was gone, all I thought about was him, even though we had broken up for a year. It was just, I guess, that time of my life where I was ready to settle down. I mean, you know, the bachelor makes you do that, I guess. Mm -hmm. How's your your dog? Dog is still kicking she's um she's great she has a brother now so i've got two dogs and they're good you have a nice little family i know and a baby on the way crazy and so you were known as a dog lover you brought your dog to my dog to the bachelor Uh, how did you get so lucky are we all (laughs) able to do this (laughs) it's so random i mean honestly i just asked whenever they were talking about casting they asked what was holding me back. And I had this rescue dog that I was obsessed with. And I was like, I don't want to board her for potentially nine weeks. So can I bring her? And they're like, sure. So she lived in the house and thus I became dog lover. And and traveling, you got to keep her on the plane with you? She stayed, well, we've traveled to like South Korea. And so I don't know that that's the best place for a dog. She stayed with a producer's wife, and then whenever I got off the show, I went back to L.A., picked her up, and then flew home. Aww. So she lived her little life on the show. I, uh, Kelly, this is this is so intriguing to me. I remember watching um, that season and seeing the dog walk into the mansion. Uh, it did have to be a comfort. I can ima- I kind of want Ashley to go back on The Bachelor and bring a dog because I feel like she would be so much more comforted and comfortable and more yourself because you love emotional your support right. emotion- So you had an advantage. Um, so tell us a little bit to catch us up uh, about your experience on The Bachelor. I mean, really, tell the audience who who you are. What happened with Juan Pablo? Why did you leave? What what went wrong? Did you love the guy? <laughs> Um, no, I didn't love the guy. Um, sure, someone loves the guy. He was not my type. Look, I knew going on the show, I was not going to be the prettiest girl in the house. They were like, you know, everyone on the show looks great. So I used my humor as a way to, like, stand out. And he didn't speak, like, English. Yeah, he didn't comprehend so, your humor. Right. So it was a bad mix to begin with. He wasn't really my type. I go for really smart guys. And I'm sure he's but he was an athlete and just kind of just wasn't my type. So I went on there and just made friends with the girls and hung out with my dog and traveled a little bit. And then, you know, as the season went on, it's like everyone kind of knew that nothing was going on there. So I went home, I think, episode six, 
85 when we were in Vietnam and have no regrets. Everything was good. Um, didn't spend much time with him, but made great friends. Yeah. I think that was like the first season where the girls got really close. And then now, obviously, everyone's so close. I know Ashley has a couple questions for you here. I want to tell you, uh, hearing your story in The Bachelor, you know, hearing how you went home, Ashley uh, and I both can relate with that. Uh, I do agree with you. You, you, made, you brought up a great point that Ashley and I talk about often. It prepares you to find love. The Bachelor does a great thing. We just had Chris Harrison on right before you came here. And, and, and if anything, The Bachelor opens your heart up to what you didn't know you could feel. And I, I think it's great that you walked right back into a relationship and that you are committed to it now. Congratulations on the baby. And Ashley, take it over. Thank you. Kelly, uh, you have a huge role in Andy's first book. It's not okay <laughs> because you are one of the one of the greatest friends that she made through the Bachelor uh, process. Yeah. And then you had to deal with the the heartache that she dealt with after breaking up with Josh Murray. Tell everybody about like what it was like to have Andy living with you as a heartbroken person. <laughs> so Andy is the greatest. She's one of my best friends still. She was here this weekend. Um, I love her, obviously. Enough to house her for a couple of months while she was going through the heartbreak. Because oh, she awful. needed a place, being that she and Josh lived together. Yeah, and they then... lived together, and she didn't know. She was, like, in a place. She was like, do I want to stay in Atlanta? Do I want to move? She was just, I mean, it was crazy for her to rent a place. I'm like, you could stay with us. Um, we have plenty of room. So she moved in. And at that point, I mean, she was going through a very public breakup. And seeing your friend go through any breakup is hard, but then she was know all this stuff written about her and i mean it's a eye-opening experience um just because you don't realize how much media gets to someone until you're like that close to it um but it was good i think that she was in my house and able to drink wine all the time with me and um get through it i mean honestly we were drinking wine one night and i was like you should just write a book and then that's how the book came about. We were just drunk. We started with, I was like, you should write a rap song. <laughs> our lyrics were terrible. It was like, I mean, the worst rap song ever. I'm like, okay, maybe that's not going to work. You should just write a book. <laughs> well, now look at now her. Because, she's on her second book. Yeah, for because of you, she's a New York Times <laughs> best-selling author, and she has her new book coming out, Single State of Mind. Can you give yeah, us a little January. preview? A single state of mind, it's like all of her dating in New York. So it's her happy and like finding herself again, which is going to be awesome. She's read me a little bit of it. And I can't wait. She's an awesome writer. Like she has success because of her, not because of me. Um, she has drinking wine with me and dumb ideas that turned out to be brilliant, I hey, guess. But you inspired her. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I mean, I can remember that night so vividly that it's like, wow, now she's writing her second book and who knows where it will go from this. I mean, New York Times bestseller is insane. That's amazing. And yes, Andy has crazy dating stories and she tells stories oh so God. well, like with such vivid detail and she's not afraid to like leave in the raunchy details. I can't wait to like read the full book. <laughs> yeah. And of course I know some of the stories, so it's going to be interesting what she puts in there. <laughs> like everything I know, I'm sure it's going to be just as juicy. I just can't wait. It's she's, going to be good. She's living the Carrie Bradshaw life, and you uh, are living the mommy life. I know. The exact opposite. When she was in town this weekend, 
I'm like, I can't drink with you. This is very, very odd. Like, I can't remember the last time I had a sober conversation with her. So, <laughs> find out who you like whenever you're pregnant because you have to deal with them whenever you're sober. Do you still like her? I still love her, so it's good. That's great. There's well, a couple other people that are questionable. <laughs> <laughs> All the things you learn. All right, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it was fun, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, uh, Kelly, before you go, what are you up to now? Is it just mom life? Or are you? I mean, as we say goodbye to you here, we're not going to get a follow-up. Is it entering in the mother season, or are you writing a book? I'm not writing a book. Um, I'm, you know, working on a website, but not writing a book. I don't think that mom life will be that exciting on this end. So, um, you know, just keeping up with Instagram and doing part-time marketing. It's a very, very boring life in Atlanta. Hey, it's all good. Good luck with everything, Kelly. Thank you for coming on the podcast. We're glad we Thanks know so who the heck you me. are. Yeah, we know who the heck you are. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye, guys. How great uh, is it that The Bachelor brings about friendships? Friendships, uh, as Kelly was talking about, with Andy that have lasted now years, and they are to share so many things together. I, I would imagine, just like my friends and I, and I'm, uh, I would bet you feel the same way, Ashley, that your friends share their skincare routines with each other, right? Oh, oh, I de- we definitely do. We definitely What's do. What's yours? I tell them to use BioClarity because it just boosts your confidence because it clears your skin so well. BioClarity is a three-step system that you use twice a day. It doesn't have any harsh chemicals, and it helps you maintain clear skin. It's suitable for all skin types. It's dermatologist-developed, tested, and recommended. Let me tell you about these three steps. It's so easy. First, you're going to cleanse with the Rich Foaming Cleanser. It's going to gently remove dirt, oil, makeup, environmental pollutants. You're going to treat it, and this stuff is going to penetrate your pores and attack the bacteria that causes acne, and it's going to clear up your skin. And then you're going to use the Restore Gel, which leaves your skin feeling smooth and refreshed. And you guys may remember a couple weeks ago, we had like a testimonial from a fan and she has been able to leave the house and socialize with her friends now without wearing foundation. And get this, before she used BioClarity, she hadn't gone out of the house without foundation in six freaking years. So if you want to try it out, you can go to BioClarity.com. Our listeners are going to get their first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. It's a $20 savings, and it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee. But you need to enter our code, which is FAMOUS. And if you love it, please let us know. It's Ben and Ashley at iHeartMedia.com. We'd love to hear any skin-clearing stories that you have. BioClarity.com. Finally, an acne treatment that works. Nice job, Ashley. That was great. Hey, uh, as Ashley just mentioned, anybody listening, please fill up our email. Ben and Ashley at iHeartMedia.com with any advice, any tips, any any products that we've promoted that you've used, uh, Ashley will read through each and every one of them. I, I will skim and scan through each and every one of them. <laughs> Ashley will read them. She cares a lot about you. So do I. I just I, I'm not a. He's quick, not a social media savvy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fast reader, and and I'm not social media savvy. Hey, what a good show. Chris Harrison, Kelly Travis was great. Um, I mean, we've pretty much promoted Andy's new book, and, yeah, I and so know. I feel like at some point Andy needs to come on the podcast. Oh, she'll be on in January. You yeah. know it. Yeah, she needs to be. Um, Ashley, yes, Ben. A couple a couple weeks ago, yeah. um, we talked about how we were getting uh, ready to film and host a show together called First Look. Mm-hmm. We were gonna 
were going to participate in, in, in an episode for the Golden Globes. I, I really love hosting things with you. We, we are a good oh, team. Ben. I think we work well together. Yeah. Um, I'm comfortable with you, and, and I think it just makes the whole job easier. I had something happen during this, though. You did. You had something happen, yes, but it, yes, it happened did. in front of me. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> say this it really affected me too much, other than um, just making us closer. Ashley, can you please tell our <laughs> listeners, walk them through exactly what happened that day? Okay, so I zip up my new dress. It's really tight, but it's like a bodycon dress. It's supposed to be like skin tight. Um, I had a little trouble with the zipper, but it was it was fine. It went all the way up. Well, we're in the dressing room, finishing up final touches and all that. And all of a sudden, just talking, casual conversation, my entire back, I mean, from the nape of my neck down to my knees, the zipper pops open. Like, pop. Dr- I mean, Dramatic pop. fashion. <laughs> it wasn't like it just slowly, you know, sank down. No. It was like, poof. And if I had been facing the other direction, Ben would have seen all of my body, just like the yeah. entire back, like the whole bootylicious thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm well, I'm glad I don't know I'm glad he didn't see it. It's not bad to look at. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad, but it would have been just like that. I think I would have been embarrassed by. But now it's a good story. Yeah. So you blamed it though. The funniest is so this happens in front of a, a bunch of people that we've never really met before, yeah. and it, it pops open. I'm sitting there. I leave the room uh, because obviously I'm not going to stand there as they fix her wardrobe. Um, and Ashley just is laughing. She's not embarrassed. She's not ashamed. She goes, I, I, this is kind of funny. And you blame it on what? On my booty blaster Pilates <laughs> classes. I've been taking, honestly, like two to three booty blaster classes a week because I love, I like, I am not that girl who like wants to be model skinny. Like I yeah. love curves and I like, I, I don't want a Kardashian butt, but like, I like a nice round butt. And I think. I think a lot of people appreciate that, right? So I've been taking these classes, and I swear to you, if it weren't for them, that zipper would have never popped the way it did. <laughs> Thank you, Booty Blaster, Yes, for blasting open the dress. Yes, shout out to Love for Pilates. <laughs> Give me free classes. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, Ashley, we uh, want to end this uh, this episode because this has been an amazing podcast, and we could end it right now, and it would be a, a success. I mean, they were amazing guests today, but I want to ask you, a few questions oh, okay. to close. Yeah, fun. This is going to be fun. So I'm going to start with a couple tough ones, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, a couple difficult ones, and we'll lighten it up as we go. Okay, well, then I'm going to ask you a couple questions. That's fair. Okay. We could, we, hey, let's play a game. Okay. Ashley. <laughs> as he crosses his legs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and gives me the eyes. Ashley. Yes, fun. What is your biggest insecurity? My biggest? Well, you know what's sad? Is that, like, physical ones came up first in my head. Mm-hmm. My Talk knees. Talk about it. My knees and my feet. My sister says that my bunions are the reason that I've been f- perpetually single. Um, that cannot be true. Is that really what she says? Yeah. Okay. Um, Take your time here. I mean, I think this is important. So it, your mind, you said, goes quickly to physical insecurity. I think those are easy to pick out. Okay. Um, I know. I wish I could be more articulate, and I wish my vocabulary could be bigger. Like, I think it goes hand in hand. One... Dean, who's sitting right over there, has the best vocabulary. I'm really jealous of your vocabulary, and I thought that yesterday when you texted me jest, instead of, like, just joking, he said, I'm jesting with you. He's, he's, <laughs> I jest. So as Ashley just mentioned, just so everybody can hear it, Dean has been sitting in on this whole podcast just to listen, uh, looking for advice on tips. Uh, you know, he he does his podcast, uh, Help, I, I Suck at Dating. 
Um, and and so he was in the studio right before uh, we were. And so yeah. Dean has been sitting in here the whole podcast. We're going to bring him on here for the last segment here in a little bit. Uh, but before we do that, uh, Ashley. But, but yeah, but then I want your your sense of articulate. See? See? Precisely. I want to be as articulate as you are. You know, you, you are, though. You do this for a living, and I think all of our listeners out there, and listeners, I'm going to I'm gonna call on you for a second. We need you in this moment. We're going to ask for a little help. Will you send Ashley an encouraging email or tweet this week, please? Uh, let her know how much you love listening saying to her. Saying that she knows how to speak? No, just saying how much you appreciate her, that you, you do enjoy listening to her, because what she doesn't realize, uh, and, and I'm, as I'm listening, and, and this this is not to demean or uh, to eliminate your insecurities or to say they're not they're not real, um, but oftentimes when we have insecurities and we speak about them openly, everybody around you goes, what? Like, Ashley, like you have any physical insecurities? Like, that's crazy. Cause you're beautiful. Wait, Ashley, you're, you're insecure because you don't feel like you can speak. Well, that's crazy. You do it for a living, I know, but that that's doesn't sit, but that doesn't work. That doesn't work. So what you need is a lot of support, a lot of guidance and a lot of help. And it, and it means that you have a perspective of yourself that is really real and raw and knowledgeable. So, Ashley. Well, that's very, very sweet of you. Thanks for getting our army out. Um, But you, seriously, words just flow out of your mouth, and I'm so jealous. Like, he always finds the right words to describe a situation, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's great. been growing up being a bullshitter. (laughs) Well, see, actually, I think that that comes into play. I cannot bullshit at all, and it goes back to me not being able to lie. Like, I can't lie. Yeah. So I don't know. I just never been able to like fabricate anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of my strengths is that can't lie. I, well, I can't lie. And the, I'm like pretty genuine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Final question for you. What inspires you? Okay. So I asked that uh, you're stealing my question. Dean knows that I've been asking this question this month. Um, Dean, Dean, what inspires you jump into the conversation and then I'll answer. Um, what inspired? I think, I'm most inspired by my own curiosity. Is that allowed to, to answer it that way? 100%. Yeah. Okay. That's definitely it's, my... It's your platform. You say what you want. <laughs> I'd say that's probably my driving inspiration, just a, a general curiosity for all things at all times. It, it drives me to explore new ideas, new, I don't know, different things that I otherwise wouldn't. So that's kind of what inspires me, I guess. And I like that Dean has that because then I'm able to ask him questions that are so random and just pop in my head. And I know that he's not going to judge me for how random they are. It's beautiful. And and to your guys' point, I know you guys are, are asking each other what you find, the flaws that you find in yourself. I want to say mm-hmm. that what I admire most about each of you, Ben specifically, I admire your enthusiasm about everything. I don't think I've ever seen you not excited and not incredibly positive about everything that you've kind of taken on, at least around me. And Ashley, I think what I admire most about you is your uh, authentic affection for all things that you love. I Aww. think whether it's your sister, your friends, your dog, your family, whatever it is, I think that you, Taylor Swift, I think that you you show a certain level of love that is so rare and so um, I guess hard to find these days, and that's like literally like one of the best things about, if not oh the best God. thing about you. It's so cute. That's I'm true. like just glowing right now. I give Thanks. you compliments all the time, and you glow not half as much <laughs> as what you do when Dean gives you a compliment. No, that was so well thought out. That like means a lot. I think because like I appreciate about myself the fact that like I love things. Yeah. And a lot of people think like, oh my God, can that girl just like calm down? It's like, no, I'm sorry, I love it. No, you can't calm down. We can't calm Ashley down. She's a force <laughs> to be reckoned with. Oh, but I should tell you, um, what was you said what inspires you? So I've been on this kick. My It really branches out from my sister was watching an episode of America's Next Top Model. They told this model to, to think about what inspires her as she was modeling. And they go, and Lauren was like, I don't even think I'd be able to come up with that. Like, I don't even know what inspires me. So then we started asking this question to other people. 
And I came up with three things that I know like always get like my creativity flowing and like my heart and my heart warmed and all that stuff. Um, good weddings. I think Carly and Evans was probably the most inspirational wedding I've ever been at. Actually, I was at a wedding like two weeks ago. I I felt that was just as inspirational. Um, then romantic comedies or just romance movies in general. I guess it makes me think that romance exists <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a life where I haven't experienced much. And then uh, autobiographies. I love autobiographies. I, those are, if I could have guessed... Three similar categories that would inspire. I would have guessed those. Yeah, a good one. Yeah, you're you're a romantic. Yeah. Um, and and autobiographies encourage us all. A good story does. Yeah. So I'm not surprised. Uh, you know, hey, this has been a podcast, a full of compliments. Chris Harrison was passing them out. We were giving them to him. The, Dean's passing them out. Ashley's passing them out. And it just seems, as I'm sitting here, that this uh, this podcast should be a place of positivity and, and inspiration. It should inspire us, right? Yeah. It should inspire the people listening. So this week, uh, between the uh, the airing or whenever this little podcast enters your ears, <laughs> and till the next time um, it enters your ears, make this a week of compliments. Pass them out. Tell people how much you appreciate them, you admire them, what you like about them, what you what you feel, uh, how you feel they're helpful to the world. Uh, you can't do that enough, and I don't think we're as intentional as we should be about doing that. So this week, please, I'm challenging you, make this about inspiring people and send us your stories to Ben and Ashley at iHeartMedia.com. Hey, everybody. Um, what a f- great podcast. Ashley, thank you. Good podcast. So much. Uh for, for your kind words. Um, thank you to Chris Harrison and Kelly Travis. Again, Millionaire airs each weekday at 1 p.m. Check your local listings um, for the for the airings. Uh, Dean, thank you so much for sitting in today. We hope that uh, if you didn't learn anything, you just enjoyed uh, staring at us. Um, everybody listening, we appreciate you. Time for some compliments. You are the greatest listeners, the best listeners. Your stories inspire us to keep going. Uh, thank you to our sponsors. Everybody. This has been the Almost Famous Podcast. I've been Ben. I've been Ashley. And, and a- you're so smart, Ben. <laughs> Ashley, romance is heading your way. Bye. <laughs> Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Just give me it one more time. That's trywink.com slash almost famous for $20 off your first order. Okay. That's right. Wait, sorry. Your mic's not on. So I'm saying wink is offering listeners $20 off your first order. You just did that and you just said and or just covered costs and shipping. That's wink. That's wink.com slash almost famous. That'll work. Ashley, you said 70% off again. It's 75. Just say that's 75% off. That's 75. Oh, sorry. Can you, can you hear me back on? That's, that's 75% off. And it says pocket, which is my fault. It's packet. So just give me one in a list caramel apple tartlets, potatoes are gratin, one Omaha steak season packet. Perfect. Thank you.